Welcome to the Bumblecast. I'm your host, Ian Flynn, the Bumble King, and joining me as always is my Bumble co-host, Kyle, JCRB Krause. Hello, 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 hello. We are here, and Ian is sounding relatively normal now. So Pretty close. Well, Pretty close. well welcome back, sir. I hope you're feeling better. The dude abides. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Happy leap year. Wow, it is a leap year tomorrow. Yeah, it's weird. This is not the last day of February. What are you going to do with your whole extra 24 hours? Sleep, I hope. <laughs> Adam and Adam boy. <laughs> Ideally, in theory, in theory. I'm hoping with that extra day, we'll get even more questions from our patrons over at patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, and our YouTube members. You want more questions? I mean, all right. We, I we, do. We can do that. <laughs> I mean, Give me the questions, Kyle. Okay. Pour them into my ear holes. Do now. Okay. All right. <laughs> Here we go. This one is from Alolan Figment to, to start us off. Recently, you answered a question about the possibility of a full LEGO Sonic game. A major appeal of LEGO games tends to be their giant playable roster with deep cuts. The differences in character playstyles is most comparable to heroes, with things like Espio being able to turn invisible while the other speed types can't. Characters having abilities like Free Flight might be too much, but, would a, but a workaround could be having specific areas they can fly over. With this in mind, how would you design the roster and abilities of a Lego Sonic game? I'd say everybody. <laughs> you know, what is their signature moveset? What are they best known for? Knuckles, Tail, Sonic, Shadow, they're all pretty easy. Rouge, you might have a little harder time nailing down since she's been a little more varied. Amy's had a lot of play styles, but... little Literally, know. everybody is here. Classic, modern, yeah. they're all here. And, you know, keep it fairly simple, open world or... You know, make part of the joy of it just absolutely breaking stages with characters that aren't meant to go there. You yeah. Know, oh, here's a tricky grind sequence with Shadow and Sonic and Espio and anyone else who's labeled speed type or Tails. Fly right over it. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Or Cream. Or Rouge, if she has that move set. I don't know. Charmy, why not? Can Honey glide like Knuckles? Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> what can What can't Honey do? I'm going to say like, Honey can do everything. What very little I have experienced of the Lego tie-in games, it isn't so much the robustness of the play style. It's just the fun of kind of mindlessly mashing around with your favorite toys. And there's yeah. absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know? Yep. So put them all in there. It doesn't have to be deep. The fun is it's all the toys. Yep. Classic, modern I don't know, pull out some weird stuff. It don't matter. Just throw it all in there. Boom. Yeah. Put boom characters in there. Why not? Some Sonic X stuff. Sega would never, but you know, we can dream, can't we? Here's a question from Andrew D. Why stop the antiverse questions at Sonic? Name some of your favorite series and some anti-ideas for that. Obviously, there isn't enough time to go over everything, so just think of some cool ideas off the top of your head. Would Skies of Arcadia be Lands of Libraria? Or a funny joke where a library is the opposite of the arcade. Would Kyle's favorite racing game with sleek cars and cool music instead be about classical musicians racing in jalopies? Would Forza Motorsport be Wagner Wheel... Wagner Wheel Wagon? Have fun. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I'd, I'd, play, I'd play the hell out of that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but it's it's Wagner, not Wagner. Oh, that's so, a good point. Dang it, I screwed up. Oh. But still, to my mind, that means you just need to call it Wagner Wilwagen. Wagner. So, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. That's where the thing is. It's like, it's the three W's, but it's the, the, the Wagner, yes. From uh also, Arcadia is a poetic term meaning a land of harmony and beauty. Yeah. So it would be like lands of trashtopia or something. <laughs> but the thing with the antiverse is it's not like a 100% flip it on its head thing. Because once you do that, it becomes untenable. It's a mirror, mirror thing. And Star Trek did it fairly famously. I'm sure there's other classical examples. That's just the first one that brings to mind with all the wonderful goatees. <laughs> <laughs> but like you need your principal goalposts to anchor everything on. And then you do the morale flip on it. And that's where the fun is. Otherwise you get middle age, genetically normal samurai tortoises. And that really just does not engage. Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, I, I I can't say that the opposite of Forza Motorsport is Wagner Wagon Wheels. <laughs> because there's already a mode in Gran Turismo 7 that's called Music Rally that is... It doesn't have you racing as a <laughs> classical musician, but it does have you racing to classical music. And it's literally like a rhythm game racing game. It's weird. It's Ooh. very strange, but yeah, it's it's very different and it's the classical music so it's like yeah well that already exists <laughs> but see if we're gonna go the anti-route let's pull up ninja turtle since i awkwardly referenced that yeah you would still be in new york but you would have stuff like splinter being the head of this extremely small but elite force of four deadly turtles that view him as a messianic father in quotation marks figure mm -hmm. he is the bad guy shredder would be the one who's trying to stop these things these turtles with his foot ninja that are all about altruism and fighting crime and protecting the city that they've decided to protect from the shadows the, that's the, where you get your fun flip-flop of morality and whatnot yeah the irony being that he'd still be calling himself shredder <laughs> Well, maybe he's just shredded, you know, walking yeah. around super buff. Well, I mean, have you seen him? He, he kind of does that in almost hey, every incarnation. The, uh, it, yeah, but usually. <laughs> I'm, th I'm thinking like super shredder without the mutagen. Just like, yeah, 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 I know. Beef. <laughs> Where are you from, Saki? Kobe. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh <laughs> All right, let's move on to this next one here from OzJam. With many stories, there is sometimes the hero, the villain, the love interest, and the many other roles. But in certain tales, namely in the superhero mythos, is the role of a sidekick. From the growing wings of many Robins to the double-tailed genius fox named Miles, sidekicks are a part of many stories and as such need to be handled carefully. So I ask Ian... What do you believe makes a good sidekick and what makes a bad one? Along with that, how should one approach the challenge of them still being the next generation of heroes while knowing they can't necessarily be able to grow for multiple reasons slash status quo? A good sidekick is kind of in the same boat as any other good supporting cast member is they are a reflection of the principal character. 
What is it about their interaction with your protagonist that reveals something new? Uh, your classic Batman and Robin dynamic, you have grim, stoic, fatherly, mentorly, uh, paragon Batman, and then young, bright, optimistic, engaging, still hasn't realized all the horrors of the world robin <laughs> there's a lot of robins i i'm casting a broad net here you know don't at me with your actually jason was always traumatized i know i know i know the point is the robins reflect different aspects of batman bringing out different facets of him and there's multiple interpretations of batman i'm getting lost in the weeds yeah, the point yeah. is come on <laughs> they your sidekick needs to highlight aspects of their mentor figure and how that mentor looks after them or doesn't, how he trains them or doesn't, how much faith he puts in them or how little he does all defines their dynamic and what that says about the hero and their mission and why the sidekick is even doing this. Is it just there for sides and kicks? Who knows? <laughs> now, what do they do together that def defines their mission and the themes of the story you're doing and how they interact with the world and each other as for a status quo thing um that's tricky yeah uh, if you are going to have a very static stasis quo i feel like calling attention to the lack of the sidekick's growth is playing with fire there are only so many times they can fail to achieve their goals before the reader gets frustrated and it gets tiresome and you've tread that ground too much. Uh, I think Batman and Robin specifically are a terrible example of this because, you know, here you have Dick Grayson, bright and sunny boy, who's now a man delivering all the cake, but <laughs> Bruce doesn't seem to have aged a day. That sliding time scale is not really universally applied. I, uh, which stinks because Jason was a fun dynamic. Tim was the best Robin. Don't fight me. And, you know, Damien is an interesting dynamic in his own right. Never mind all the others that have come and gone. So you limit yourself. But at the same time, you beg the question of what is the time scale on this? You know, if you jump your sidekick ahead and they're independent, well, how many years has that passed for your main character? What is their setting change? How How is the world at large moved on? No, just Dick's Nightwing now. Okay, sure. Why not? So. I think personally, it would be the most gratifying to have a story with a built conclusion in mind. And then you have the sidekick rise or fall or you know, whatever path they take, but they can go somewhere. And how their mentor deals with that is an interesting story for them. It just, it needs to go somewhere and mean something and not get, you know, retconned with the next crisis or whatever. <laughs> what? How could you say that such things should not be retconned with the next crisis? Everything should be retconned with the next crisis, Ian. That's how that works. Let's let's not do that. Let's not do that. Chaos Sonic 1 has a question. When it comes to Jeffrey St. John, you show him having an artifact that connects him to Nagus as a kid. Which begs the question, which one of the parents was in the Ixis cult? Ian St. John or his wife? It's been a while, but I think the plan was that Ian St. John was investigating Ix's ties and that's, and he had that relic as part of his evidence or research. I don't think I intended for the St. John's to be Ixians. Mm -hmm. I think it was more that Jeffrey was alone and orphaned and desperate for any kind of human connection and 
what he got was Nagus. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Just the kind of human connection you need, quote unquote. Blimey, I'm in my formative years. Come here, little boy. <sighs> Let me mold you. Oh, no, no, no. I don't need a weird wizard to get a hold of <laughs> get a hold of James Bond. That's no terrifying. Ugh. Cherry Hearts You has a question. Sega decides they want you to expand on the world of Sonic. And of course, in their infinite wisdom, they refuse to let you develop any, any existing concepts. No lore on the future, the Soul Dimension, Null Space, expanded universe areas such as the Kingdom of Acorn, the Boom Universe, or any other spin-off, one-off world, or existing plot thread. You have to make an entirely new realm slash world completely arbitrarily with zero relation to the existing content aside from Sonic and Company's presence because Sega says so. Why? Your guess is as good as mine. How do you go about creating something of that scale with zero direction and everything aside from the general cast off limits? How would you integrate it into the existing Sonic mythos? This sounds a little bit like Archie Reboot. Uh, even more stringent than that. But even, but even, yeah, even more so than that. But still, it's a little bit that. Eggman builds a doohickey and they all get beamed to a new planet. This is just a, this is just another spinoff, really. Yeah, it's, you would need to establish new supporting cast, new regions, whatever perils or politics are going on amongst this new setting. And then you watch Sonic and company, whoever's been (laughs) approved, interacting (laughs) with them and solving their problems or uh, investigating the friction that's being caused by whatever Eggman does his Eggman thing. That's kind of universal. And they become the kind of static protagonists moving through this new setting, engaging with whatever narrative they come across. If anything, it's very much like uh, mid-preboot Archie in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Or I was also thinking, now I'm thinking of like Sonic X a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. It's like they said they're in this new world and whoever's approved to be there is also there. So, yeah. You get Sam Speed's story. You get, was it Helen or Helena? Helen, I believe. You get her story, Danny's story. Mr. Tanaka and Ella's story, whereas Sonic and company remain fairly static throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. yeah. We don't get Chris's story. Put that in the bin. That's what Sonic X was. He's had enough. I know. Back in the egg pod. You go home. <laughs> Chris stays dead. Good. Put him away. Dawson the Dachshund has a question. Fuzzy Bear went Super Saiyan and he's going to destroy the world. The prophecy says that the only way he can be defeated is if Sonic and Shadow kiss. That's literally what the prophecy says verbatim. Tails couldn't believe it. Explain the next seven minutes. It's a long time. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You got Fozzie hanging over the planet, <laughs> making that weird European siren whoop, 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 as the flames are coming off him. Yeah. He's charging up his Kamehameha going, waka, waka. <laughs> yeah. And Sonic and Shadow are like, really? That's what the that's what the prophecy says. It says it verbatim. And Shadow's like, I refuse. And Sonic's like, if if we don't, he's gonna blow up the world. And that somehow turns into a Statler and Waldorf routine between the two of them, just <laughs> mocking Fozzie. Yeah, yeah. Keeping him distracted long enough for him to burn out his key reserves 
so that he just kind of floats back down into his normal Saiyan bear state. Oh, so they don't have to kiss? No, they think their way around it. Oh, okay. <sighs> well, no kissing. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, fans. Also, yes, that word started with a K, not with a P. I didn't think I read it that wrong, but <laughs> apparently... I thought your mic cut out funny, so I wasn't going to bring it up. But, did, uh... did... <laughs> I said kiss, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Although, in the alternative, the, the supposed way I may have said it is funnier. I mean... <laughs> Oh man, this show is a nightmare. <laughs> and I love it. Show is cursed. Anyway, DDR Master M has a question. Another shipping scenario. It's a pair of boisterous bruisers with a thing for fingerless gloves and athletic tape. At least for one incarnation of one of them. It's mighty entangle. How does it go? Oh, very wholesome. I mean, yeah, they're both they're both cool. They're training, they're going on nature hikes, they're living their best life they are insufferably energetic but <laughs> mighty's chill about it i was gonna say which one is insufferably energetic both of them because mighty doesn't well, really they're, they're both the type that would get up at like 6 a.m and say hey let's go hike up that mountain wouldn't that be great and you're like yeah that's just 6 a.m that's true they're both morning people Ugh. <laughs> i'm, I'm kind of hungry what do we have oh we got this granola we made it from we made it at home is there any chocolate in it? No, of course not. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Isn't that sunrise amazing? <laughs> sure it is. Hey, you gotta open your eyes. No, you can't make me. <laughs> Sounds like Shadow is there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was a great sunrise hike. Let's jog down the mountain. No, no, I'll roll. It's fine. You guys go ahead, please. Why am I here? I... <laughs> because Tangle forced you to get up rude and the thing is they're not like insufferable on purpose they're not like toxically obnoxious they're just really nice gregarious open energetic people yes and i get tired just thinking about that kind of people and if you are that type of person good on you you're a better individual than i am and i wish you all the love and luck in the world i just i i cannot i cannot step up to your level <laughs> uh yes yes i i can't either i'm i'm too i'm too tired i can't do it like can't. you make your gopro youtube videos showing you hiking up various volcanoes and finding the wonders of the alps and i will watch it from my couch and be very happy for you yes ah <laughs> uh, yes uh yes all right here's a question from domino is the future for humans in Sonic Media looking bright? I can't talk about short or long-term plans for the franchise, sorry. I mean, there's that purple-haired lady. This one from E200 Paragon. A long time ago, there was a claim on TV tropes that Super Neo Metal Sonic from IDW Sonic Issue 9 had to be retconned because Sega didn't want the Master Emerald granting any legitimate super forms. He also said in a previous Bumblecast that when Metal Sonic acquires all seven Chaos Emeralds in Sonic Mania Adventures, he's not going Super Metal Sonic, but is simply overcharging himself into a super-like state. For the sake of clarifying any misconceptions, my question is this. Is there any truth to the claim that Sega says the Master Emerald canonically has no special powers? And if so, does that mean a Super Mecha Sonic from Sonic 3 & Knuckles falls under the same rules? 
I cannot address this to the extent that I want to. Suffice to say, Neo Metal went full golden god mode. Mechasonic went full golden god mode. They were supers. Metal Sonic in Sonic Mania Adventures had a golden aura, but he did not turn gold himself. That is the distinction I will put out there for now. Let's just say it's an arbitrary rule. That's kind of silly, you know, from the outside looking in at least. Maybe there's a justification for it, but doesn't look like it. Icon PNG has a question. We've seen the Master Emerald give some kind of indications or visions to Knuckles, both in Superstars, with the Master Emerald telling Knuckles to go after Eggman, and Adventure, with the Master Emerald showing Knuckles the last pieces of it on the Egg Carrier, and in Sonic Frontier's Divergent Cinematic, we see the Tikal Energy Sphere thing and the tiny drops of water that goes backwards right after, which I believe represents chaos wandering on Angel Island. Are those visions on the Master Emerald Tikal's doing? Are those visions of the current official or in-universe explanation as to why Knuckles goes on adventures with Sonic and the squad, both in the classic and modern times? And are Tikal and Chaos still alive and wandering on Asia Island? Or the stuff we've seen in the prologue are just some Easter eggs? That's one part intentional mystery, and one part I can't really talk about it. Oh, I think that means that's two parts intentional mystery, Ian. Oh, yeah. Okay. Technically, yes. <laughs> but different flavors of intentional mystery. Oh, okay. Okay. One's got a little bit of Chipotle to it. Yes. Yes. Also, technically, this is a lot of separate questions all mashed together. But you know what? They're all related, and the answer to all of them is the same. So I'll allow it. <laughs> JCR1216 has a question. After advice from Vector, Silver becomes the CEO of Riz. What are the cheesy and borderline bad pickup lines he uses on Blaze, Whisper, Jewel, Surge to Call, Tangle, and Espio? Please use the silver voice while doing these, please. And what are their reactions to Silver's attempts? I'm old, Kyle. I, I, I tried to look up what CEO of Riz means, and it just means, like, Night at the Roxbury's level of confidence. <laughs> Riz, right? Riz means charisma. Charisma? Okay. Yes. Riz is short for charisma. Being a CEO of charisma means he is the most charismatic person who ever charismatted. I see. But, you know, it's like Riz is basically game. Like, how much game you got, you know? Yeah, I think you were were onto something by Night of the Roxbury. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's like playing lawn darts. I was in the general vicinity. (laughs) You were close. Close enough. I had a point. It didn't necessarily land, but I had a point, dang it. It was horseshoes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the universal line he's going to use is he just kind of slides up there, waggles the eyebrows, and says, Hey there, you want to go out? Don't answer. I'm from the future. I already know you say yes. <laughs> Why does he sound kind of like Shadow? That's weird. <laughs> if I sound more dark and sultry doesn't that work darn it his self-help book said that would work (laughs) it didn't work you read the wrong self-help book (laughs) who wrote surprise shadow it's a self-help book who wrote that book (laughs) this infinite self-help book (laughs) (laughs) it's shadow's self-help book chapter one touch grass (laughs) that's chapter two stop talking to me 
Step three. There is no step three. <laughs> it's not a book. It's a pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Blaze just kind of rolls her eyes because he's tried that numerous times. It still doesn't work. <laughs> not like he Whisper needs just to kind of. Whisper just kind of slowly slides her mask over her face and pretends not to hear. <laughs> Jewel nods politely and gives him a fake phone number. Uh, Serge laughs, spikes his drink, and mugs him. Well, I mean, she does that to everybody. <laughs> uh, Takal says she has to use the restroom real quick and returns to the Master Emerald. <laughs> That's it. It works on Tangle. Well, I mean, everything does. <laughs> and Espio... Espio just wanted to dance, man. He wasn't looking for any kind of engagement. Just a night out to be himself, so Ninja Vanish. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Poor Sylvespio. <laughs> but hey, you know what? It worked on one person. <laughs> Guess that's all you need, huh? <laughs> well, see, the thing is, Tangle's just kind of doing it out of pity because, man, that was a bad line. But he said it with such conviction. She's just going to let him have one for, one win. You know, one W in this guy's life. Come on. Just once. <laughs> She'll take one for the collective team. Oh, <laughs> uh, he is not the Iblis Rizzer. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> not in the slightest. Ah, oh, the Iblis Rizzer. Thanks. Magnificent. Thanks, chat. Thanks for that. <laughs> uh,. Maybe someday I'll come up with funny things on my own. Until then, I have the chat writing for me, so it's all good. Kazzy asks, We Amy fans are very excited about the tarot stuff coming coming this year. The art produced by Evan and team is beautiful. But may I ask, will there be any mini comics or any kind of story associated with the card's release? Hmm? Hmm? Uh, let me just say that the guide manual that comes with it is written in character oh neat that's and gonna be cool at, at the risk of spoiling anything else i'll leave it at that oh neat that's very cool so that comes with the with the the uh fortune cards They're not tarot cards technically they are oh, fortune no, no, no. cards yes yes tarot is occult and might offend fortune cards are just fun yes of course there's no, there's totally a difference. Major Bunny has a question. Since you said in a previous Bumblecast that Kit would like magical girls, is he a fan of Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Which version does he enjoy the most? On the one hand, <laughs> the, Melissa Jean, the, be... the Melissa Joan Hart version. I mean, come on. I, I want to say that, but I feel like that's my own personal bias. Oh. <laughs> uh, not saying that Clarissa explained it all was a formative awakening for myself. I'm just saying. <laughs> Talented actress. Uh, I'm gonna instead say no because she doesn't do any fun transformation sequences. She just says spells and they happen. What kind of magical girl is that using magic? <laughs> yeah, but it's funny. Come on. Yeah, but it's there's no wind up. There's no lasers. There's no you know canned animation. What kind of magical girl? Yeah, but Get it's but it's funny. It's funny. Also, her tiny companion sasses her back. Tiny <laughs> companions are not supposed to sass their overlords. What are you talking about? <laughs> Salem really knows to know his place. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I mean, then what? What do you mean, then what? And then what, what would be his favorite, then, if not that one? But none of the Sabrinas, because they don't do the whole magical girl thing. They're just a girl that's magical. Well, that's what a magical girl is, is a girl that is magical. Like, what do you want? No, you got to do the transformation. You got to have the canned animations. You got to have the special attacks. You got you to have the razzle that has the color coding. You have to have this entire squad. Can't just be a girl that's magical. Come on now. There are rules to this, Kyle. <laughs> I mean, at this rate, Transformers is a magical girl anime versus. Well, that's already been established. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, OK. OK, that's true. <laughs> What about old school Wonder Woman from the 70s where she spins and transforms? Is she a magical girl? I don't know. I'm not an expert on Sabrina. (laughs) I'm not talking about Sabrina. I'm talking about Wonder Woman. Oh, um. 70s Wonder Woman show. She spins. She has a magical. She has a transformation. Yeah. Not much of a squad, but, you know. When you're when you're Wonder Woman, do you need a squad? Uh, fair point. Fair point. <laughs> she is a one woman squad. Like I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Put it down in the comments below. What version of Sabrina do you think Kit would like? All right, here's one from Malia. Part of what I enjoyed about Sage's character in Frontiers and the Final Horizon was how, even though she's developed throughout the game and come to respect Sonic. It's still abundantly clear that she sees no problem with Eggman's attempts to take over the world or destroy him. She hasn't been actually redeemed, and that's cool. I've been wondering how future games are going to deal with an antagonist who is basically a homicidal child, though. When you were writing Sage, were you envisioning her being a villain in a doesn't-know-any-better way, where she doesn't fully grasp what will happen to the planet if Eggman wins, or is she just 100% understanding of the consequences and just doesn't have the capacity to care about anything beyond her family? I'm curious, since she does show the ability for sympathy towards others when Sonic cyber corruption and worsening makes her upset. That is something to be explored in future games and media and whatever. Um, My initial thoughts were that she was 100% loyal to Eggman and figures he he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Maybe she can kind of course correct here and there, but he's he's genius. He's got the master plan. It'll be fine. Uh, if that evolves or changes over time, we'll just have to see. But she's brand new, so we don't have the answer for that right now. Not yet. Soon, though, maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully. And last question before I take a break is from Mike M. So Lan Lin decides to do a teamwork exercise for the new Diamond Cutters by having a game night of Lethal Company. How badly will it go? Now, I've not played. I've only seen the bits and pieces of it. So, Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong here, but... yeah. I would imagine Lanolin stays back at base and tries to coordinate things with the walkie-talkie. Yeah, when they have the walkie-talkies, that would probably be what goes on, yes. Because you don't always have walkie-talkies, but yes. Okay, okay. Tangle would go full Leroy Jenkins. (laughs) Tangle would wander into a a turret room and die. (laughs) I say 50-50 odds that she comes back with all the scrap or doesn't come back at all. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's about right. And Whisper manages to solo things with whatever melee weapon you're given. Can't remember if it's like a mop or a shovel. Or you, you're not given a melee weapon. You, you have to find the melee weapons along the I way. See, I see. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing she would be doing is looking for a weapon, though, to be fair. 
<laughs> or yeah, using... she procures whatever has deadly force to it. And <laughs> yes, no. did you come back with any scrap? What? Oh. <laughs> I thought the objective was to murder everything. <laughs> and Duo goes out and oh no, a, a monster got tangled. Of course, so sad that the monster got tangled. Well, I wasn't looking. Shucks. So sad. Shucks. <laughs> Oh darn! <laughs> she said on the radio, "Duo is a traitor, and he's killing me." Help, help! The monster could shape shift and mimic people. It was horrible. Uh-huh. These mimics, horrible mimics. I hate them myself uh-huh. terribly. Landon, would you like to look at that monitor for an extended period of time and not listen? <laughs> if you hear the sound of an unsheathing knife, it's it's nothing. It's just you know squeaky boot or something. <laughs> why did they give it? Why did they? Why did they decide to use the Skinwalker mod? No, stop. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uninstall that. And is it just the four of them? Yeah. Keep it simple. Okay. Okay. No Jewel. She's not there just for fun of it. Jewel's running the restoration. She's not really part of the team. Okay. Insurgent Kid are not there. They're not, not part of the team beast. yet. <laughs> they Surge don't get break the thing Surge is just going to be able to one shot everything gather all the stuff kit will be able to be fine yeah that, that's boring they're capable yeah they're fine. okay darn all right <laughs> well on that fun scenario let's go ahead and uh take a break and when we'll come back with more on the bumblecast We're back, and we have our weekly giveaway priority Q&A question. Every week, we look to our followers on Twitter, Tumblr, Blue Sky, Instagram, and Facebook and select one lucky winner to get their question answered here on the show. Yes, indeed. This one comes to us from Twitter, and it's a question from Joshua J. My question is about relationships. Again, more relationships, Ian. This is what this is what the people want. This is what they ask about. So let's do it, I suppose. If you could pair any Archie Sonic character with a character from the IDW run of the Sonic comics, who would you pair and why? I'm just envisioning myself in a dim room tied to a chair, <laughs> bruised and bloodied. The soldier comes in, shows me the single round loaded in the chamber, puts it to my head and says, if you could pair any Archie Sonic character with character from IDW run of Sonic comics, who would you pair it why? And turns on the mic to the whole world. <laughs> to which I turn and put my forehead cleanly against the barrel and say, fire, comrade. <laughs> uh, I guess that's the only way you're going to get out of this. <laughs> Or, you know, if I'm going to go, I'm going to make the world burn and just say Sally and Surge. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's not that bad. I would be, right. I mean, I okay. Fine. You I want was, something a little spicy? Yes. Okay, how about that? Yes. Antoine has a bad breakup with Bunny to hook up with Lanolin. You like that? Okay. <laughs> Is that what it does it for you? You sick monster. What more do you want from me? <laughs> Pull the trigger. <laughs> Thank you for your question, Joshua J. <laughs> We're having fun here, Joshua. This is not you. <laughs> it's not on you. <laughs> we just get questions like this a lot. A lot. 
We're in oh. the longest February in four years. We've had them a lot. A lot. <laughs> Looking at you, pedantic cat. Yeah. Wow, call out. Holy crap. Wow. <laughs> a direct name call out on the show. He knows what he did. He knows. <laughs> and he'll do it again, by God. <laughs> we know. We know. Uh, we love you, Pedanta Cat. <laughs> Moralis has a question. It's a dark and stormy night at the Restoration HQ, and Tegel is up late practicing her trick shots. Suddenly, a pair of shadows darken the door, and it turns out to be Rough and Double, here to beg Tangle to help them find dates. Is Tangle wing woman enough to find them dates, or a Rough and Tumble hopeless after all? Wing woman enough to try, but hopeless for the other two. I was going to say that Tangle is like, Tangle just kind of lucked into a relationship. She didn't actually set out to get into one. <laughs> so she's like the worst person to ask to help you. She's like, I don't know how it, I don't know how it happened. I just did it. <laughs> Roses are red, violets are blue. Go on a date or we'll stalk you. Okay, guys, no, no. just, uh, we've been over this. You can't do this together. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe they'll find someone who's into polyamory. You don't know. <laughs> God, now I'm imagining some kind of lead a duo that's a equivalent to rough and tumble. <laughs> They're in stereo. Yes. Wait, what? there's four of them. They're in surround sound. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. My The suggestions I'm receiving is Team Rocket. <laughs> yeah, but who gets James? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Meow, third wheel. Yeah, yep. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mixicker17 has a question. Just for fun, how would you go about taking the Sonic Never Can't meaningfully lose mandates and use them to make him win fights or contests he has absolutely no business winning? Like he has a biting fight with Surge, a brooding contest with Shadow, or a swimming contest with Eggman. I know actual babies could beat Sonic at that, but there's already boob episodes where he beats Eggman at stuff he'd normally have the advantage in, and it's wrong not to include him. Optional hard mode, no one can cheat, Shadow can't be in character, and just not other entering in the first place, and running on water doesn't count as swimming. If we're going to call it out like that, I say make it full-on metacontextual break-the-universe fourth-wall type of humor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, go full-on Luigi-does-nothing-and-wins type of scenarios. <laughs> it's true. Sonic does nothing and wins. You know, biting contest and, you know, Surge comes at him with those snaggly teeth and all of a sudden they just fall out of her head. She's like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> glaring shadow, gla shadow glares back. There's a little tinkling of bells that the divine intervention comes in. And shadow goes, blah, what in the world was that? <laughs> what was that? Go full ham on it. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Works for me. All right, here's one from Noni. Quick question. Who paid the Chaotix in Sonic Rivals 2? Last I remember, Vector did say they were already paid, but, like, who did that? That is a good question. You don't know. Not off the top of my head. I'd have to go back through Rivals 2 and see. It may be that there is no implication. It may just be that they got paid <laughs> by somebody. 
I'm being told it was Vector's mom. <laughs> He's such a good boy. He tries so hard. I'm very proud of him. <laughs> or it was vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> he tries very hard. He's such a good boy, and I'm proud of him. Yeah. <laughs> that works. Either way. Uh, all right. Here's one from Nate Ray. Since Metal Sonic has currently no voice due to downgrades, do you think he could learn ASL, at least to insult Sonic and sign language, for fun? Depends on how dexterous those bladed fingers are. Like, does he get a full range of motion? Can he fully articulate in American Sign Language? Or can he just, like, give Sonic a very shiny flip of the bird? (laughs) Wouldn't be the first time he's done that. Maybe he just beeps in Morse code. (laughs) I like that. I like that. (laughs) Sounds like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh, screw you, buddy. <laughs> hey, rude. <laughs> and here's one from Pendulce. So it seems that everyone in the main universe, without exception, hates Starline. Correct me if I'm wrong. But what would happen if during his Isekai adventure, Starline falls into a universe where everyone is in love with him instead? What shenanigans would ensue and how would he handle this excessive attention? Uh, he would revel in it. Might take him a minute to adjust. Oh, wait, everyone's actually sincere. Mm-hmm. They they do care for him genuinely. Oh, he can make a cult of this. Oh, no. <laughs> this is bad. Well, the thing is, he can only, he can't manage it well. There's going to be jealousy, and he finds that entertaining. Yeah. And that jealousy will boil over into violence, and he's not going to know how to contain it. And then eventually one of his sycophants will go, the poor master, everything that he has built, all that he has achieved, it's turning to dust. I will save him from his pain. And the isekai adventure continues. Dang. (laughs) Brutal. Brutal. Uh, All right. Banana Cat is here with a question. It's like you knew, Ian. Love is in the air. And now it's- I told you. I freaking told you. Uh, yep. I mean, yeah. When you're right, you're right. <laughs> Love is in the air, and now it's Tangle's turn to be pursued by various characters who are suddenly in love with her. How would Tangle react to the likes of Shadow, Silver, Jet, Rouge, Blaze Sticks, and Whisper now being in love with her? <laughs> okay, that that's a uh, that's that's one, two, three, four, that's five. Pushing that's yeah. pushing the number of characters, but and eh, you, you could just roll really, with it. Whisper, Ian. come on. Well, I mean, I'm not confirming anything, but come on. (laughs) It's a little late. Well, and we already established what Silver does. He tries that horrible pickup line and she gives him, you know, a pity date. And it works. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, So let's see. Shadow. I think she'd be so surprised by it. She'd be like, (laughs) yeah, all right, let's see where this goes. Shadow might might be surprised where it goes (laughs) to. Like, what is you, stretchy girl, date now? What is this? Okay, sure. What is this feeling? (laughs) I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. (laughs) Um, Jet? No. She has standards. Um, (laughs) Rouge Tempting knows better. Cannot trust that woman. Blaze? Oh, hell yes. When when you are summoned by royalty, you answer. Uh Uh-huh. Sticks? 
I don't know. I just have a hard time thinking of sticks in any kind of romantic angle. It's a little weird. It's a little weird. (laughs) I mean, hmm. Yeah, she's, I don't know. Maybe sticks to. Uh, I'm I'm coming up blank on that. (laughs) Sticks to some kind of weird dance. It's like, what is this? (laughs) I don't understand this. (laughs) Oh, boy. Tangle's not going to pick up sticks. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Big oof. All right. Ready to move on to the next one? Yep. All right. Here's one from Rock a Million. Archie's on a critique time, Ian. In Tails' adventure, Tails should have defeated Speedy when they first fought. Not letting Tails win added nothing to the story. In fact, the story would be better if Tails beat Speedy. You can have the mole mech be what forces Tails to retreat instead, building up the threat of the mech for the final fight. Why couldn't you just let Tails win? He went toe-to-toe with Sonic and House of Cards and Mecha Sally later on, but couldn't land a single hit on Speedy. That makes no sense, and it's so unsatisfying. Why are you incapable of letting Tails win a fight against a major character without resorting to tools or gadgets? I don't see the harm in letting Tails win without the use of gadgets every now and then. I've discussed this before, but let Tails shows off his skill as a fighter without gadgets more often. That's why I'm happy this isn't canon and the real Tails Adventure story has Tails beat Speedy both times. Just ignore Tails using gadgets in that game. Look, hold on. This is where I'm like, what? I'm like, hold on. You can't say, you can't critique one thing as being like, why are you using gadgets? Why do you, why he shouldn't be using gadgets? And then say, oh, ignore Tails, ignore him using gadgets in that other thing. It's like, what? Also, he doesn't beat Speedy in their first confrontation. It's an endurance race yeah. where you survive him. And that's what the first confrontation was based off of. You're ascending and Speedy is dive bombing on you at every angle. That's what made him so intimidating in that game. Yeah. You don't you can't fight him you can't win you just endure and then he kind of hovers for a second as if to acknowledge hey you actually survived that and leaves so no tails doesn't beat him the first time Mm -hmm. and the reason why he doesn't beat him the first time in the story is because that's building him a worthy rival if sonic showed up at the beginning of sonic 3 and immediately countered knuckles and never lost the chaos emeralds knuckles wouldn't be a suitable rival for him if Sonic confronted Shadow in SA2 and immediately like ganked the, the Chaos Emerald out of his hand during Chaos Control and turned him over to Gun right then and there, Shadow would be a joke. There's no challenge there. There's nothing for the character to rise and overcome. So, no, Tails should not have beat Speedy first, and that was the entire point of that confrontation. Is Speedy is shown to be the superior, and when Tails does manage to overcome, Tails has made a triumph. He has had a personal journey. And having someone who is a juxtaposition of so many things about Tails, the arrogance, the natural flight versus Tails' odd mutation, the raw skill versus someone who is still learning and growing, is far more engaging than, here's a robot. Does the robot emote? Does it do anything interesting on a personal level for Tails? No, it's just a robot. Yeah, It's a big thing for him to overcome because he's the hero, (laughs) but it's not engaging on any kind of personal level there's no deeper challenge or growth to tales so i'm sorry you didn't like it but i can't agree with your assessment yeah and i'm just like i'm just still very confused about applying rules to one version but not another it's like well and at least for that regard i see what what i think they're saying is that you know Never mind the Tails does use the gadgets to get across Coco Island and everything in that particular adventure. They just don't like Tails 
always resorting to gadgets and devices to overcome every adversity. I suppose. But I mean, it's kind of his thing now at this point. It is what makes him kind of unique from Sonic. And this is something we've covered with Rockamillion before, is that if he's just going to spin dash and overpower enemies by sheer force of ability alone, then he's Sonic again. Yeah, yeah, there's not really And he needs to be more interesting than that. Yeah, there's nothing unique or interesting about that, so... I'm not going to dumb down Tails just so he can beat people up. Yeah, no, no. He deserves more. Yes. All right. Scurvy Pirate Hog has a question. So with how vastly different the two of them are, just for funsies, Boom Tails and Sad AM sw- Tails swap places for a month. How does it go? How do they feel about their experiences when they return to their home dimensions? Sad AM Tails, I'm thinking Sad AM Tails is not the same as Adventures of Tails. No, no, he is he is an aspiring hero, but he is the most juvenile out of all of them. Arguably, he is he is still literal baby, kind Just of a about. wet blanket given all the other antics that the Boom Crew get into. Yeah, so, but maybe you know I, I can't see the Boom Crew being nearly as coddling mm-hmm. or competent as the Freedom Fighters in terms of a found family. So that might just be what pushes him tails out of the nest, as it were. He's going to have to fend for himself because these jokers don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And it's a boom universe, so it's not nearly as threatening. That's true. That's true. Meanwhile, boom tails, uh, he's going to have everybody outfitted with like full armament. They're going to march on Robotropolis within a week. (laughs) He's ready, man. This is what he's been waiting for. This is his whole life right here. Like if anything slows him down, it's just the frustration of where's the tech? Mm-hmm. You know, I built this on a you know island in the middle of the ocean. You have an entire forest on the outskirts of an advanced city. Just okay. You know what? I'm going to fly over there. I'm going to get the parts I need. I'll be back. <laughs> Boom tails. He's ready. He's like. He, well, I mean, I guess it makes sense that he's kind of like the most uh, like, you know, capable. I suppose he's not really winning the day out of any kind of benevolence. It's just he's kind of frustrated with the situation. Yeah. No, we can do this. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. All right. Let's move on to this next one from Spoiler 1001. Could the hedgehogs quit get their quills stuck if they hit the walls in just the right way or the quills too weak for the head? Uh, I'm having visions of all the cutscenes where they get pummeled into rocks and walls and slapped about and they don't seem to puncture anything, do they? No. And yet, that's how they smash through robots. So, mm. in theory, if they were in mid-flight and decided to tense up said quills, maybe? Hmm. I don't know. They're, like, they're very sturdy, maybe. I don't know. It's weird. I'm not familiar with hedgehog biology. I've never thrown one at a wall to see what happens. Please don't. I don't plan on it. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I i wouldn't do it. But, you know, I've never done it. Just just to be clear. So, I don't know. Maybe someone in the comments knows. Stardust Spectre has a question. Considering the blanket manuals aren't canon statement of recent years and Origins implications that Tails learned to fly immediately preceding Sonic 2... Does that mean the current view is that Tails' adventure takes place after the Death Egg Saga? Or is Tails flying in that game just one of those smile and nod moments? 
again, not answering any timeline questions. Cause if I do one, folks are going to piecemeal put together the official thing. So just wait and see. Steph cube. I realize that most of my questions are reasonable. So it's time for a silly question. Do you think Sonic uses lip balm? I mean, all that running and the wind hitting your face hard can seriously damage the skin of your lips, causing cracks. And what flavor of fruit would he use? Well, I mean, peach seems to be a common recurrence. Peach rings, you know? Maybe. maybe or maybe like he uses round fruit from the Chow Gardens. Mm, maybe. It's round like he can be. It's blue like he be. Mm-hmm. It's got refreshing blue flavor. Like he does? Yes. Yeah. What if he accidentally borrows Tails and it's mint flavored? <laughs> then Tails is going to come get him. That's his. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Pretty much. What does blue taste like? Hmm. I don't know. You ever have a blue popsicle? Yeah. That. Oh, okay. That's blue, yeah. That's what blue tastes like. <laughs> da ba dee da ba die All right, here's one from Switchel. Rouge, eager to see her definitely not friend and only co-worker Omega get a new hobby convinces him to try going on a blind date when he arrives <sighs> come on Ian, it's february I, an extra long february <laughs> it's only one day it turns out his date is eggman nega <laughs> why <laughs> rouge probably dying from laughter internally I, I don't know i think she'd be dying externally too <laughs> somehow convinces omega to go through with the date and nega goes along with it for reasons our inferior intellects can never understand how does it go do they bond over their mutual hatred of eggman or does omega immediately open fire as soon as they finish paying the bill transaction complete mission complete arming live ordinance <laughs> you should have stayed in the hell dimension old man <laughs> <laughs> I will send you back there. <laughs> Roses are red. Karate has katas. I have two arms full of mordaka. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> good. 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 And here's a question from testing. Silver and Whisper hanging out more. Like the idea? Sure, why not? I mean, let's let everybody hang out with everybody. Let's do it. Make it happen again. The Aldi Roger has a question. Following up from last week, Eggman now decides that an AI-generated commercial for Eggman Land is just the thing to improve its branding in the public eye. He asks Sage to put one together. How does it go? How well does she work with the prompt she's given? Would this just be a Lost Boom episode? <laughs> it could be. It could be. My God, can you just imagine <laughs> Boom Eggman fawning over Sage? Sage doesn't really need to change that much between versions. Mm. <laughs> but just oh my god boom eggman with a daughter that would be <laughs> that's a season's worth of episodes by itself anyway that's pr that's precious and terrifying at the same time <laughs> let's challenge ourselves to stick to modern sonic just for something different what because that's weird. boom boom's way too easy i know boom writes itself. but that's funny okay go for it I would imagine Sage could make an AI generated film ad, whatever, that isn't quite as nightmare inducing as what's currently on the market. You know, mm -hmm. hands don't morph into other hands. The scenery doesn't jip and jive like you're drunk in the background. It's, it's actually composed. Things are static when they need to be. 
there is coherence but it is like uh, bullet point wrote note by note by everything eggman put into his prompts and if there's anything he didn't think of it is not there didn't think to set what say what the setting was there is no setting didn't think to put in a scene transition there isn't one she did it exactly how he wanted it because that's exactly how he gave it to her and he's just kind of he's not mad if anything he's disappointed in himself clearly it was his fault but he doesn't like that being so apparent but he can't be mad at her so you know he'll fix it in post <laughs> cubot pirate photoshop <laughs> gee i don't know boss that's just for still images. You can't make videos with that. Why do I look like an artist? Just pirate it all. <laughs> all about gas up the Eggmobile. I'm going to go take over Pixar. <laughs> oh, that lamp doesn't know what's coming for you. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Eggman's like, even I'm not as evil as Adobe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And our last question is from Twilord. So if Tangle and Shadow went on a secret mission and came back with their personalities as in dispositions swapped, who would be more of a problem? Shadow. Shadow as like, with Tangle's personality? Oh, boy. Like all that power with the kind of manic pixie dream girl energy behind it? Them. Mm. Mm. Sonic is in for a bad time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah maybe or a good time depending on how you look at it yeah mm. i mean tangle's gonna be frightening because you know now you have a <laughs> cruelly efficient and focused person with a melee weapon that reaches about as far as she wants it to i mean it's like serious spider-man you're like oh wait crack jokes again please <laughs> but no tangle the, the, tangle in the shadows <laughs> <laughs> imagine tangle just mashing tang the ganger just just mashing together call him strangle <laughs> just imagining tangle as bully mcguire <laughs> terrifying all right <laughs> i think that's it we've had enough of this <laughs> nonsense again happy leap year to all of you who are observing, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, you, if you don't believe the orthodox if, leap year practitioners, if you don't believe in the leap year, then happy March 1st tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you again to all our patrons over patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, and our YouTube members. Be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and we will see you next time on the Bumblecast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that was. You ever say something well meaning but stupid <laughs> enough that it just catches yourself off guard? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the show, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but we've got it so much practice. This one. <sighs> We're sitting here calling out people, man. This show, this this show went off the rails. That was funny as hell. It's a leap year. <laughs> hey, it's a leap year. This yes, year. yes, it is very, very leapy. You get to leap. There is that extra day because they screwed things up when they made the calendar originally. 
Well, that and the planet's rotation is like 365.25 days. Well, why didn't they account for that? Well, because... Shut up. (laughs) Uh... Levels are good. We're recording all that jazz. Yeah, I like jazz. Okay. Bumblecast for February 2028. No, February 28th, 2024. Too many twos. In three, two, one. You've been listening to the Bumblecast, a co-production of Bumble King Comics and the KNGI Network. Original theme music composed by Ken Coda Snyder. Remixed intro by T Lopes. Find out more information, along with podcast feeder links, MP3 downloads, and more at bumbleking.com and kngi.org. Anyway, what's up? Uh, a lot, actually. Really? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It's busy. After, after like two months of, eh, where are my clients? I wanted to work. It's like, oh, hey, here you go. Here's your work. Oh. Also, here's appointments. Also, also, also. So it's like, I knew this would happen. It always does. But, and there's nothing I could really have done too much to prepare for it. But here we are. So. Yeah. What am I working on? Well, I can't tell you. No, none of it. You can't tell us any of it. Nothing. Nope. Not a thing. Not a word. Not a bit. Uh, I'm fun with it, but can't talk about it. That leads me to believe you're not actually working at all, and you're just making this shit up. (laughs) You think you're so clever, Mr. Bond? No, just a deduction (laughs) based on nothing, based on zero knowledge.